Hey guys, welcome to another episode of I'm No Expert. Happy New Year. It's 2015, brand new year here at I'm No Expert. Hope you're having a great new year. As always, you can go to facebook.com slash noexpertshow, twitter.com slash noexpertshow to follow information about the show, leave comments, feedback. If you want to be on the show, let me know there. Go to noexpertshow.com or on iTunes to listen and subscribe to the show and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash noexpertshow to support the show every week. Lori. Yes. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm warm. It's it's warm in my apartment, unlike outside. What was today's lowest temperature? When I left work, it was nine with a wind chill of minus eight. Nine. Oh my gosh. What's going on? Polar it's a, vortex. Is it the polar vortex no, again? Know. No, no. I feel like that's a made up term. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, they're just, the weather people are like, let's just make a imaginary mythical creature like el nino you know how they made el nino a thing Mm -hmm. and everybody freaked out about el nino and then we all forgot about it right well then there was like el nina right that's like the opposite whichever one is like the warm and there's the cold like they're the different yeah Mm -hmm. now it's like polar vortex every year we're gonna name it something well i find it very interesting that the same time last year was when we had all that snow Mm. crazy cold temperatures yeah so is it now the normal, like, is, is this now new normal Indiana winter? I hope not. Like, all of a sudden, December is really mild with rain, and then January, February, and March are just zero degrees and snow every other day. And then, do you remember 4th of July? It was cold. I wore a sweatshirt. Oh, well, it was yeah. was cool. It wasn't yeah. cold. But, yeah, 50 degrees in December, sweatshirt on 4th of July, and then sub-zero craziness new year's Ugh. it's no fun no fun but nope. luckily we're here in the studio in the nice toasty warm studio um in the uh the middle of january in the middle of winter we decided to look northward you could say uh up to michigan because they look like a mitten and what do you wear in the winter mittens mittens yep and we are actually highlighting a brewery in Michigan called uh, Brewery Vivant. I don't know exactly where in Michigan it says. Maybe I should have looked that up. It's somewhere in Michigan. I did look at the website twice, but Grand the Rapids. city. Oh, there wow. you go. We could have guessed that. Okay. <laughs> Grand Rapids, Michigan is where this this brewery is. And I found it recently. I was I was shopping around my local uh, Whole Foods, which has a really great craft beer local. Uh, collection and i saw this brewery on an end cap and i was like hmm so i took a four pack home tried it out and i was like this is actually pretty decent did some more research so we have got three different beers from the brewery vivant and they come in cans you said foley can you hear that that's nice empty can what what else could we make a noise out of like like that one yeah send your guesses in to the email and if you are correct you win our love no, our love know. i'll send you a can of brewery <laughs> an empty can an empty can <laughs> maybe an empty can and a full can so you can see the difference Ooh, yeah. uh 
they have this whole thing on cans why they're why why cans it says it's better for your beer better for your earth better for your adventure is their whole little slogan of of beer out of cans are you are you like me and a little put off by beer and cans now yes yeah i'm trying to think of the last beer i drank in a can and it was probably miller light in high school or something yeah so you're kind of it's the same i mean some sun king here in indy oh yes they're and all of their baseball game okay. all of their stuff is in cans and i guess there's i've heard mixed reports because i mean cans are easier to transport they're lighter they take up less space or something than bottles do they don't let the beer get exposed to light as much as bottles do and you can fit a whole pint in a smaller space yada Hmm. yada yada i don't know i just there's there's something that i'm just not yeah i mean it feels i don't know i don't want to say kind of cheap but it feels like less of a experience less of a good less of a good craft product yeah that's a way to put it but then i like at a baseball game you know, I can, I can see having a can because I don't want to get hit in the back of the head with a glass bottle. So, yeah. Uh, you know, aluminum can, well, if it's full, it's going to uh-huh. suck too. But an empty one, not so bad. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It feels less crafty. More, less fancy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Feels more mass produced. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense because Bud Light comes in glass, but it's okay. Yeah. Hmm. I guess there's there's like less of occasion, you know, when you like pop open a can it's more of this sort of like, there's so many other beverages that are in a can now. You know, you've got energy yes. drinks and you've got sodas. You've got like sparkling waters are always like in a can where yes, glass bottles, it's like beer and wine and I mean bottles that you have to like get a bottle opener. Maybe like a fancy like Coca-Cola Oh, yeah, or Mexican Coke. Ooh, Those yep. are yummy. So I don't really know anything else that's really in a bottle, like beverage-wise, that you really see. No. I mean, used to be, well, it wasn't, it was a twist top, but clearly Canadian. Remember that? Mm. Those were good. But yeah, no more glass these days. No more glass. Uh, all right. So I, we're drinking out of a glass, of course. You can make lots of... I do like just making fun noises with the cans, though. This is Vivant's Brewery. Brewery Vivant, excuse me. I keep saying Brewery. Vivant Brewery. It's Brewery Vivant. Like French, I think. Is that French? In the French way to say things? I believe they claim, um, yeah, the Belgian French style. So, I mean, obviously. Sure. They're neighbors. And- um, this is called the Big Red Cock. Cock spelled C-O-Q. As in rooster. Yes. This is a hoppy Belgio-American red ale. 6% ABV. Available on a rotating basis around. Do you want to take a look at the can? Yes, please. These are fun cans. I mean, the artwork is... I think when I go and, and pick... This is probably why I found Brewery Vivant. It's a fun sort of like not totally minimalistic can design. But it's not overly decorative and has tons of stuff on it and everything 
Yeah, I like it. It has like a shield shape, kind of like you would sort of right. carry into battle, and then the rooster there doing his thing. Strutting around, doing rooster things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm cheating. I should not be, because there's like some oh, flavor you're, you're stuff. Flavor notes. Mm. So you're normally a wine drinker. Yes. Okay. So you're gonna you're coming from the wine world in the flavor experience sense. Yes, I'm pretty limited. I I know what I like and I kind of stick to it. I don't branch out a lot, but I would like to. So, so like the two major types, white or red? Well, I mean, I'm a red drinker. However, you can't. It's not fair to judge a wine on its color Mm. because if you didn't drink, if you didn't know the color, like an average person wouldn't be able to tell. Like, you wouldn't be like, oh, God, this is a white. You probably wouldn't know. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, why don't we just sort of... Let's cheers. Wait, are we going to talk about the color? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought we were taking a drink. Sorry. I mean, I, if you want to take a drink and then look at the color. Mm-hmm. There's there's no rules on the show. Oh. You could do whatever you want. You could just... Sweet. You could just swirl it around mm-hmm. for an hour and not drink it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the point of the show is to drink it Drinking. eventually. <laughs> right. Before when, it warms up. Red ale. In the 80 degree apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Red ale. This is, it's got a slight like red tinge to it, Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. It's not overly red. No. Nice head retention. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's still kind of staying there. And I think I noticed that a lot with cans specifically. A lot of times, depending on the style of beer for me, does it, the head retention does stay there. You do get depending more so on the on the particular style of beer but if you would maybe take the same style and put it in a bottle compared to a can i don't know what it is maybe it's the pressure maybe it's the aluminum filings i don't know Uh, what could be happening in there yeah i have to admit i've heard you guys talk about head retention a lot and that's really not something i've ever really paid attention to or hadn't even thought about so listening to the show has made me aware of that yeah, so, yeah. And, and a lot of times if you have a good foam it just adds to the aromatic quality mm. of the beer okay because the little tiny bubbles at the top of the beer are gonna pop it's they're gonna those smells those flavors are gonna get into the top of the beer and then you're gonna smell it while you taste it and of course you really taste with your nose, not with your tongue most of the right. time. So that smell enhances kind of the flavor. So the more foam you have, the more... I mean, just like you would swirl a wine. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to foam it up a little bit. I don't know. All right. Sure. Let's Should we try. sniff? Yeah. A little hoppy. I was going to say, yeah. I'm getting hops, but that's all I'm... That's, I'm it's like it's, it's a little hoppy. No, it's no, not it's overly, not. Yeah. No, it's not. Hops just stand out to me because I am not typically a hops fan. So. Mm. Okay. Hmm. I like this. Yeah. I- I'm surprised. Because you thought hoppy, mm-hmm. no thank you, no go, no hoppy. Yeah. It is not too hoppy. Mm-mm. It is just the right amount. And like then you get the second kind of hop thing on the back of your tongue. 
a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Like there's the first initial kind of ooh hops, and then there's something else, and then oh hops again or something that I relate to hops. Like that second kind of kick. Okay. I feel like that. Sorry, I'm talking away from the microphone. Um, <laughs> so you get sort of like a, du- a dual flavor wave. So on the initial mm-hmm. taste, it's way hoppy. On the finish, it's almost like another. Yeah. I like that there is definitely a finish. Like there's the sip, something, and then the end. I don't know. I can't, I can't <laughs> describe it, but I like it. Yeah. I yeah. mean, for me, I, with a red ale styling, I definitely get that sort of, it's got a, a slightly malty roastedness happening that kind of counterbalances, I think, that hop flavor. In the middle, I'm getting a little of that malt sweetness happening. And then the hops kind of cut it a lot, which is Originally, what the main purpose of hops were was to cut the sweetness of beer with bitterness. Because if something's super, super sweet, it's not always really good. So you can, I mean, if you want a complex beverage, you can kind of cut it with a certain amount of hops and sweet, or on hops, which is that bitterness note. So you get like salty, sweet. What does the, uh, what does the can say? What are we supposed to, I always I always love like reading the kind of little blurbs that they give on cans or on the side of boxes for beers but it says the deep red hue comes from the crystal malts in the mash mm. it lends the beer the backbone it needs to stand up to the excessive hop charges the brewers throw into the kettle it's the citra hops that provide ooh here's some flavors coming at us okay the mango tropical fruit Citrusy flavor that makes this beer so unique. Oh, I made a throat noise. <laughs> and I was going to say, you can't be so unique. You just, you are unique. There's no, like, you can't it's qualify. It's very, very, very unique. Unique, unique oh. is a, Mm-mm. no, you don't Mm-mm. like that. No. I don't like that. <laughs> and then it tells you proper glassware for oh, drinking this. We're just doing a tulip glass. Mm-hmm. Eh. Oh, well. Because. <laughs> oh, and they offer a cheese pairing. Oh. I saw this online and I almost said I should bring some cheeses, but then work got in the way and I didn't. So it says pair this one with a sharp cheddar or aged Gouda. Spicy food like Creole. Oh, I could have brought us some Yats. Damn. Uh, this would be good with like a spicy food. It would be. Yeah. This would be really, really good with something like that. Because you don't want to, if you want to, usually with spicy food, I don't want something too heavy, but I don't want something too light. This is kind of that nice, perfect, medium sort of enough mouthfeel that it tastes like I'm drinking something, but not too extreme in one flavor category to be like, oh, it's a little overwhelming. It's kind of a nice, happy medium. It's funny how reading this and taking another sip, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's the citrusy. Mm. What I think I know. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like you read those things on the side. And they describe what you're supposed to be tasting based on what they put in there. Yeah. And then your mind goes to work a little bit and is like, oh, well, there's that flavor just magically appear when you taste it again. When you know it's supposed to be there. Yeah. 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 Like, I think my whole brain taste bud things are just, I'm focused on hops because mm-hmm. I know that 
I don't like hops and how hoppy is it going to be? And I'm so worried about it. So that's all I really taste. Yeah. But again, I like this. Yeah. And I think there's like a misconception with, with a lot of when brewers do a quote unquote hoppy beer or something that's overly hoppy because every beer has some amount of hops in it to be technically classified as a beer. There's some in there at some point, just the amount and when they add it, then that dictates how much the hops actually are in the taste at at the end of the brewing process. So for me, this is a kind of a good example of the use of hops to add some kind of flavor profile, but not the overused hops like you would see in like a, an IPA or an Imperial IPA that's just overwhelming to the palate. Sorry, I'm nodding. Yes, I oh. agree. <laughs> like, they can't see me. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, you, you, you said yes, you like this. You would probably have this again. I would have this again. I don't know if I would buy it, like, for myself. Mm, okay. Like, you know, if I'm just at home, kind of my go-to is fat tire. Okay. Um, that's what I keep in the fridge. But I do like this. I would drink it again if I saw it somewhere. I'd be like, ooh, I'll have one of those. If I saw it somewhere or if I knew it was going to be, yeah, going to Yats or mm-hmm. having like making a spicy dish for something, I would be like, ooh, I should pick that one up because it would be really nice by yeah. them. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I, th- I don't know if I would want to necessarily have this just in my fridge. And nowadays I never really have – I never really buy a, a beer again. <laughs> To have it in my fridge, but if I would, I eh, definitely want to try this on tap to see the differences of maybe something, maybe a little bit fresher. I think that would kind of dictate how this would taste a little bit more. Hmm. Who knows? Do you feel fresher would be what would change the flavor? I think that with like with all botanicals with like hops and everything you can extract flavors out of them but as it anything ages down they become more muted i think a fresher on tap version of this may be a little bit more intense maybe you turn up the hop flavor like another two or three notches Mm -hmm. and see how that red ale kind of base balances out that flavor and maybe you get more, you know, if it's citra hops, maybe you get more of that fruit note. Maybe you get more of that citrus note. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Are you picking up any citrus, like, before we knew there it was there? No. No. Okay. Not to the not to the extent that I would normally classify citrus in a beer. Because mm-hmm. I've tasted citrus in a beer. And I, you can definitely tell yes, there is some kind can. of citrus note, orange, lemon, lime peel, whatever. Mm-hmm. This, I don't really taste that in there. Yeah. Because I think it's not coming from citrus, it's coming from hops, mm-hmm. which is hard to pull out of. Well, then they mentioned mango, too, and I feel like mango doesn't really have any flavor. Maybe I've not ever had a good one. I'm not a fan of mango. And mango well, just tastes like mango, too. It just, just tastes it's like a little fleshy fruit. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. With stuff. With, it's yellow. I, I don't know. I don't have a pi- if I'd have a tropical fruit, I'd have a pineapple over a mango. Absolutely. 
Yeah, but this is good. As I said, you're still drinking it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's always a good sign. If you if you were like, oh, it's good. Maybe not my favorite thing in the world, but if you're still drinking it, I think it's a success. Yeah. Uh, like I said, pleasantly surprised. Cool. All right. So we're going to take a quick break, uh, grab our second beer from Brewery Vivant, and we will be right back. Oh, whether the weather be cold or whether the weather be hot, we'll be together whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. Huh. Huh. Look at that vocal warm-up. And with that, we're back. Hi, oh. Lori. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was... Okay. That's fine. That's going to go in the show. But, That's a fun thing. It'll just all, all of a sudden be that, and then we're back from the show. And then uh, we're like, what the What hell? the hell's going on there? Anyway back on the show second beer in our brewery vivant special highlight episode of i'm no expert for the first episode of 2015 Lori, thank you for joining me thank you for having me you've been a long-time listener i have we've talked kind of about doing maybe a wine breakout show or beer for wine wine drinkers drinkers but or maybe just wine in general yeah yeah oh we we just have we just have wine like we did the whiskey show, we could do a wine show. Mm-hmm. Something. We could. Wheels are turning. Wheels are mm-hmm. turning. Um, so this week, we are taking a look at Brewery Vivant out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, out of a random discovery of mine. So our next beer is going to be called Undertaker. It is a Belgian-style dark ale with a 6.7% ABV, and it's available on a rotating basis around there. So again remember oh it's in a can all these are in a can i don't think they have it in bottles because they're high they have a whole thing on their website about i was gonna say that sustainability sustainability and and they have a whole thing that says the cans oh sorry i went somewhere else better for your beer better for your earth better for your adventure you better believe it it is like this did you look at the sustainability report is there a sustainability report? It's yeah, they talk about like composting and trash and um like giving back to employees and like employees volunteering. Oh, yeah, okay. And then the really super cool thing that I thought was the report is like if you were to print it it would be on a black background. So they even say it's on black on purpose cuz we don't want you to print this. If you want a printable copy, contact us cuz they're trying to get you to not 
waste the paper oh. to print the report. So they made it on a black background so it would eat all of your toner. You'd be like, I ain't printing that. So I thought that was really cool, I mean, too. Like, so that's, oh that's kind of why I liked them. I was like, this they are that serious about, cool. you know, the environment and trying that to, you know, very cool. composting and, and no trash and recycling and doing all these great things yeah, cause it looks, for our planet. Right. I mean, this whole, like, sustainability report looks great on a computer. But why would, I mean, let's be real. It's 2015. You don't need to be printing things. Right. I mean, Seriously. who has a printer at home? I don't. I don't. There are like, occasions, maybe I wish I do, but overall, you don't need that. You don't need a printer anymore. Mm-mm. And it's it's kind of cool how a lot of these small to medium-sized craft breweries, because I think we need to start dif- like differentiating, I can never say that word right, differentiating the differences between a small, medium, and large craft brewer. Because you think of something like, you said Fat Tire, you like Fat Tire, New Belgium. I would say they're a very large scale. Oh, absolutely. Craft brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, Stone is another good example of a very large scale craft brewery. Maybe like an in indie Sun King, medium sized craft brewery. Like, I mean, decently sized. You can get it in almost any place in Indiana, probably Kentucky, probably in some places in Ohio. But they're not at the scale of like New Belgium or stone or something like that coming from i think new belgium is what uh colorado sure why not maybe i don't know and it's it's kind of cool to see these breweries doing this whole like sustainability thing of you know zero emissions getting all of their electricity from renewable sources getting all this like reuse and recycle things out of something that is essentially like a, I don't want to say luxury product, but like non-essential. a non-essential. Mm-hmm. We don't need you don't, a beer, but it makes life way better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to, that all of the, the places that are doing non-essential things for human life are the ones that are most interested in preserving the environmental footprint. That is nice. I mean, Good observation. You, you see kind of Procter & Gamble. They make a bajillion million different products, right? But they it's stuff that it, living in society you probably need. Toilet paper, paper towels, uh, cleaning products, soaps. Mm-hmm. Glass cleaning. They make, right? You know, they, that's, you know, that's a lot, a lot of stuff. You know, the toothpaste. I don't know. They own... Who who owns Crest? Mm, I'm not... I don't know. But I mean, Mm. like, those kind of things. Those kind of things that, like, in a normal 2015 American society, you are going to need those to kind of be successful and survive. And Kraft Foods, another great example, does... Makes tons of different products. Mm -hmm. They do have sustainability, but they're such a huge, large scale that... Their 5% of renewable energy is like all of Vivant Brewery. <laughs> right. Which is kind of cool. It's kind of that cool. Like, they're making Vivant Brewery, Brewery Vivant is making this product that tons of people can enjoy and are basically saying, well, because it's maybe non essential, this is maybe in the weeds, we should probably try the beer. <laughs> but my thought is. They're making this non-essential 
So at a point, maybe they feel bad. So they're like, well, maybe if we say we impact the environment really, really little, it will justify it a little bit more. Hmm. That's interesting. I would, I mean, I'd be like, beer is great. People like it. Let's make it and let's do it so as to not hurt our environment. Let's keep it clean. Let's be earth friendly. But yeah, yeah, it could be, I could see how it could, we're kind of doing this thing and, you know, we're making beer for Americans and people in Africa don't have clean drinking water. So right. let's, let's kind of make up for that. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay let's, let's, so let's, let's take a bit of this beer. Okay. Let's go and cheers. This is, I mean, when we, when I opened this, you were like, wow, this is super, super dark. Yeah. So Belgian, Belgian style dark ale. Um, it's very brown. You cannot see through it. I'd say it well, is. Okay, but it looks, seems clear. It's dark, but. Dark, but not particulate. Thank you. Yes. What's going on in here? Mm-hmm. Um, nice kind of minimal, minimal head, similar to like a stout head. So little, little crema. Sort of like an espresso head on this one. What do you smell? Is that malt? Oh, is that malt? What does that smell? Yep. A little roasty malt flavor. That's what I'm getting mostly. Something else, but I can't identify it. I'm getting some stone fruit sweetness a little bit on the nose. That's like one of my favorite things about this podcast is that you're always talking about stone fruit and the first time i was like what the fuck is a stone fruit right and i'm like oh like oh an apricot yeah i would say apricot not apricot that whole thing went down oh, last time right yeah thank like you peaches or thank you yeah peaches so, okay. another stone fruit prunes another stone fruit yep. um I'm totally blanking on all the stone fruits right i know <laughs> whatever uh kumquats no they're not stone fruits but yeah that's i, I kind of get that a little because it's it's not – it's sweet. It's like a sweet, fruity note, but there's some – a little kind of dirt mixed into it. Hmm. Oh, tangent back to either episode two. Um, persimmon – are you from Indiana? Well, kind of. Kind and of from Indiana. had no idea what a persimmon was? No. Oh, my God. I had to look it You've up. never had persimmon pudding? No. Is this like an Indiana My thing? relatives have a persimmon tree in their yard, and we would always have persimmon pudding on, at Thanksgiving. Okay. So that yeah. kind of – that okay. If you don't know what Lori is talking about, <laughs> uh, go back and listen to our long-distance collaboration episode with my best friend Eliza, who came down from Chicago. We had um, stuff from – well, is persimmon-based beer. And – I think we liked one out of two of those, and we didn't have any backstory on persimmons. I had to look up what it was cute. What persimmons yeah. one? I don't even know. So it's an is it like an Indiana thing? It's like Midwestern. I mean, it's a. I would say it's popular in Indiana. I don't know that it's strictly. I don't know the all the breakdown. I know I've been around it my whole life, so it must be an Indiana thing. Okay, but maybe it's a Southern Indiana thing. I don't mm. know. All right. Well, if you're from Southern Indiana or Indiana and have a story about persimmons. Let me know. I want to hear about it because I'm definitely – that's interesting. Okay. Sorry. Back to Any, – Anyway, back to this beer. All right. So you're getting stone fruit. I'm getting malt. Let's just take Let's a just, sip and yep. see what happens. Mm.
Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, there's a little smokiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm getting that for sure at the end there. What are your initial impressions? Compared, okay, yeah, I don't want to compare it, but that was the last thing, well, that was in my mouth. So, it's, so, I don't want to say, there's not near as much flavor with no hops, but it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of get the smokiness at the end, like I'm trying to, to find the malt that I thought I smelled. Yeah. But I'm not really You're not getting, that. getting too much. You're getting a smokiness a little bit. I get... I mean, can I say it's creamy? Does that sound stupid? Yeah. Is it creamy to you at all? Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, okay. I think I think okay. mouthfeel. I think mouthfeel with this one compared to the bidred bidred cock is this is definitely more mm-hmm. unctuous. Kind of, kind of, it sticks to your palate a little bit more. This one does. Yeah, I know it's not a flavor, but I'm like, it just seems very like I almost think creamy because it feels so like mm-hmm. creamy in my mouth. I'm like, I think the darkness and that roastedness kind of aids to that, and it's a little just a, a little bit more. I don't know, I'm I'm just rubbing my fingers together like this, and they can't <laughs> even see. It's an audio show, and I'm just uh, theater of the mind. Yeah, theater theater of the mind. Just. Just an unctuous flavor, kind of. I, the the best, it's 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 not gelatin. I, I think the best analogy that I can to try to describe people is, you know, if you make a really good chicken noodle soup, and you use like bones or you use like a really good like chicken broth, it's got a lot of gelatin in it, which is like that really great kind of mouthfeel sort yeah. of style. That's what you get, kind of. So imagine you made homemade chicken noodle soup and you got chicken noodle soup out of a can. The mouthfeel of chicken noodle soup out of a can was the first beer. This one is homemade chicken noodle soup. Mm-hmm. Flavor-wise, though. Sorry, I kind of broke off there. So, yeah, what are you... Flavor-wise, I get, I still get that sweetness, that, like, fruity sweetness going on with it. I kind of get, like, a dark brown sugar note a little bit to it and some roastiness and I get more coffee flavor after I drink it. That's kind of where I'm feeling. And because I mean, for me, most of the time, a roasted, a deep roasted malt, like what this is usually gets kind of coffee notes. I got to get coffee flavoring out of it. Hmm. I'm not getting any coffee. So I have the, I have the, the, you want to see what they say? Smoky. Oh, yeah, yeah. What, what, what did they actually say? say? Okay. Mm-hmm. Characteristics. Expect a dark sinister pour with notes of roasted coffee, dark chocolate, a hint of dark cherries. The lingering finish whispers molasses and roastiness. Okay. I got the finish. I, I'll buy the finish. You buy the finish with mm-hmm. that molasses. Mm-hmm. And the smoky. Yeah. I definitely get the smokiness at the finish, definitely, with this one. The other flavors, I don't know if my, like, sweet receptors aren't working, but I don't... You're not getting any sweetness at all? No. It's just kind of... I don't want to say it's blah, but I just feel kind of... It's just middle of the road, like... 
I I would agree. I don't want to say flavorless because that's not true. No, There's it's not a flavor. flavor, but it's not really doing a whole lot for me. I think this is this beer for me feels like there's a lot going on. There's a lot of different like things happening in it, but it's really hard to distinguish between those different things. Okay, because they're really, really, really close together. Okay, and you know you get if it's like a roasted dark chocolate coffee flavor. I mean, if you, you know, eat a roasted coffee bean, take some dark chocolate, it's going to be very, very different. But when you smush them together, I don't know if you're really going to distinguish between the roasted coffee and the dark chocolate and add some cherries to it. It's like there's, they're very similar flavors. Mm -hmm. And if you smush them together, they all just sort of combine together and they just sort of, there's no really kind of separation. Yes. That's happening. The complexity is lost. Hmm. Okay. Maybe. Right. I can see that. Because I mean, if yeah. they're talking about these flavors, but we can't pick them out, it's like sort of. Yeah. I mean, I believe them. However, I just can't taste it. I mean, it's it's for me. I think it's okay as a dark ale. It kind of works, and for, sometimes if it's a. I don't want to go into like how many different flavors are going into it. And I think there's a little bit of a sense when I know that people who drink wine and taste wine professionally or, you know, who are very into it will start like picking apart flavors and picking apart, you know, oh, this it's got, you know, because of this vintage and this grape and this particular time period. It was, it has this flavor note, it has this flavor note, and when you like slurp it this way, it's, you're gonna taste this here and this there and this there, and it's this whole, I have to disassemble the wine. Where I think this beer, if we have to like try to disassemble it, it's hard, and then we think it's worse, but if we just kind of, I mean, if you would just take it as, what it is. I mean, whatever you're tasting, you'd say it's just kind of flatlined. Yes. I don't dislike it. But you don't... There's nothing that makes it really stand out. I do like the smokiness at the end. I mean, that I can pick out, but... It is sort of just kind of a, a nice sort of smooth... And maybe, again, I'm comparing it too much to, like, the hoppiness of the first one because... I'm not familiar with hops. I don't drink hops that much. So that had a lot of woe in my face. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is very just kind of nice and quiet and I'm sipping it and it's not woe in my face. Yeah, I agree. I think for me, I do kind of like these sort of under the radar darker beers that don't have an over like they they don't have one particular hook they don't have like one particular like oh we used ancho chilies in this particular dark beer or it's like a double triple milk chocolate milkshake stout or <laughs> yeah i mean you've seen it like no, no. you know yeah. that's that's a that's lot what of they're trying to do yeah. a lot of these really really dark beers have some kind of hook have some kind of uh, what's the word for it? Like gimmick. Yeah, that's a good word for it. 
that they're trying to get people to say, oh, dark beer is cool or like, look how interesting this dark beer is Mm -hmm. because most people are intimidated by dark beer. Absolutely. I mean, well, yeah, I saw it and I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, that's really dark. They're they're afraid because the darkest beer that they've ever seen is Guinness. Yes. And Guinness in general, if you taste it against almost any other dark beer, is very, very light for its color. It's a very, very light, quote unquote, stout as a Guinness. I mean, it's a fine, Guinness is fine. But you can put it up to this one, uh, The Undertaker. If you put Guinness and Undertaker next to each other, Belgian dark ale is not even close to what a stout is supposed to be. <laughs> and it is night and day with a Guinness and this particular beer that's been so dark. Mm-hmm. Now I feel guilty for saying the complexity is lost. Maybe it's lost on me. I think it's a lot. I think it's, I think it's a lost on a lot of people. I, for me, it's even, I'm even lost on it. Okay. But at the same time, I do enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't dislike it. I don't know that I would drink it again. I think I've only ever had one like dark ale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was fine. Again, I liked it. I didn't dislike it, but it was like, mm, I tried it. Okay. Yeah. There's, I mean, for a lot of, a lot of these like darker, darker ales and this Belgian style dark ale, it's just, it's hard. It's a hard barrier to entry for something like this. What do they say is like a food pairing? Like what would you, oh. if you're like just hanging out and like, oh, maybe I'm gonna give this another shot. What should I pair this with to really maybe bring out some of those flavors? Oh, this, okay. Great with grilled steak. I like grilled Compliment steak. Compliment the smokiness of the beer. Okay. Uh, blue cheese, smoked gouda, stand up to the darkness. Some like strong flavors going on. Okay. I don't know if I would want to do steak with this beer. Really? This beer for me is a little too dark. Beers in general for me, I do not like eating food with a dark beer. Just because it can a, a lot of times a dark beer is so heavy that it does not work out for me that's kind of my personal preference i know that some some darker beers are great with red meat this one probably for me i'm just like uh no thank you Hmm. oh okay cool so any other final thoughts on undertaker only that when you introduced it and you said undertaker if you could like Put in some thunder and lightning sounds. Oh, I think uh, that would be great. Okay, ready. And we just had the Undertaker. Was that good? The, I like something that. like that, and yeah. then I'll add some like. Mm-hmm. It is. A, it's, it does sound like a uh, Halloween beer. It does. What is the? We didn't talk about the can. Where's the? Can? So it's black, but I it's can't black see can. like what's happening on it. So it's got that shield again. I like that. And it's got an um, old man. There is a, a light hanging from a tree branch, and he is digging in a graveyard. Oh, well, that pretty much sums it up. There you go. He's an undertaker. Okay. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, our last break of this episode, get our third and final beer, and we will be right back.
Oh, that's right. I'm like, we're supposed to be using French. Like, there's a certain je ne sais quoi about the last one that I just can't well. What does je ne sais quoi actually mean? I think it means just like kind of a certain generic something. Like you can't quite put your finger on it, but there's okay. something. So. Something about it. Mm-hmm. Like something about the show. Hey. Hey. Welcome back to I'm No Expert. This week we're taking a look at Brewery Vivant out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. It's a brewery highlight this episode. So this third and final beer is called Triumph, right? I like it. Sounds good. Yeah. Is that, is I mean, I took French? Latin, so I'm no expert in French. <laughs> I, took, but... I took Spanish and sign language. So mm. there we go. This is a Belgian IPA, 6.5% ABV. It's probably going to be hoppy because it's an IPA, though. So That's so, okay. That's okay. Um, I'm half drunk already, so we're all, we're all good. Uh, Belgian style, which for for a lot of people, when they see Belgian style, they're kind of like, I don't understand what's going on there. Belgian style is like the actual process and the actual ingredients to a beer. And then you can kind of go beyond that into Trappist style, which is a direct descendant of Belgian style. So it's, you know, the amount of malts, the amount of and how long you do the boil, that kind of thing. So this is going to be interesting because you don't really see a lot of Belgian style pale ales or India pale ales that are Belgian style base with a lot of hops added yeah. to it. Um, Belgian style. So like, I guess I've only ever had the, um, is it Chimay? Chimay? Yep. Whatever that is. Chimay is a Trappist. So are they usually cloudy? Because these have all been pretty like clear or is that just um it belgian styles won't necessarily be cloudy a lot of trappist beers will be a little bit cloudy because a lot of the times a trappist beer will have sediment in it so it'll it'll give you that cloudiness that's going on and the i think the whole idea with like it's almost like a neo new belgian style that's happening in the craft beer world is that they're taking those ideas of making a traditional Belgian style and altering it to more modern taste palettes a little bit. Okay. So, okay. Um, color wise, very, very clear, but it's kind of got a little, it's like a dark apple juice mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, I don't know. Amber ish, maybe Ooh, amber a light amber. Yeah. Like uh, the amber from Jurassic Park. Yes, I was just going to say. Mm-hmm. The thing the mosquito was in. Oh, yeah. I smell some hops. Very hoppy. Mm-hmm. Very, like, florally hoppy, though. I was going to say, I, I wouldn't... Yeah, I wouldn't say very... I feel like this is less hoppy than the first one, but just from the smell. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Hmm. What are your What are your initial impressions? My initial impression is that I don't taste as much hop as I smell. Interesting. Is that true, or am I just? I mean, that's what you taste. I. Can, I don't know. What do you think? 
I think the hoppiness is there, but it's not. It's definitely a different hop than we found on the first beer. Okay. Like with the particular strain. So I think we're getting a different sort of hop flavor than we saw on on the uh, the big red big big red cock. I can't believe I haven't like worked it in the conversation. I'm so pissed at myself. <laughs> God, I'm wasting this whole episode. But yeah, I mean, this is this is a really nice sort of uh, a, a really good example of how hops are as kind of dynamic and different flavor wise than a lot of the other elements of a beer. Yeah, that's very interesting to me. Like, I can totally smell the hops, and I'm like, oh, it's yeah. going to be hoppy. And then I taste it, and I'm like, mm, there's no, there's not near as much bitter, bitterness as no. the first beer. And maybe that's that, it's because it's the Belgian style on the base, mm. where you get, we had that red ale as a base with hops. So you, it kind of overpowered that red ale. Got it. This one, Belgian style, there's a lot more going on. Absolutely. So maybe when it cuts that sweetness, it's not as intense. Or it could be it's beer three and I have no tolerance. Eh. That could be too. That's, I mean, that's, that's, who knows? That's the fun. Who knows? That's the fun of the show. <laughs> um, do you want the, 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 the PR characteristics of it? Just for fun, let me take one more sip and okay. see if I can't I come up with some like impressive word. <laughs> And it took me a second to think of impressive, so impressive, don't hold your breath. Impressive listeners. word, maybe like a like a French word, Latin mm. word. You took Latin. What would be a Latin <laughs> word for this? Um, all we ever talked about in Latin class was like wars and people invading other people and mythology. There's not, there wasn't a whole lot of talk about food and or drink. Mm. That's just that always. Every time you take a language class, I always, you always did it in high school. And then you always had the, let's have a party, and then you had, like, the one day where you had really fun food from that particular region. Yes. And they never went into the culinary aspect of that culture as much as, because they were really? so focused on the language hmm. that they were never, like, it was never a study of the culture, you know, Spanish culture as a whole, French culture as a whole. It was always like, let's just look at the language particularly. But, I mean, food and drink in every single culture it's is kind of like... a really defining part of any yeah. culture. Yeah. So when you just kind of say, ah, eh, well, I mean, Mexican, there's like, you know, Spanish and Mexican food and it's spicy and there's like tacos and, you know, you know, tiny food from Spain. I forget the word for it. Tapas. Tapas. Thank you. I mean, we would, yeah. We watched Ben Hur and ate bread and cheese and grapes and, you know. But you never really went into and wore togas. Yeah, you never really went into like that. Really got into that yeah. sort of side of things, which is kind of disappointing. Mm. I kind of wish there was, you know, they did that in language classes where you kind of got a sense of you're if you're studying a different language, you're studying a different culture, because if you you can't really understand their language without understanding everything else that's going on with them right right Gives i mean you a better understanding of where they're coming from i mean it's english as a language you can learn english but unless you learn like american english then you can really understand the culture 
around American English compared to the culture behind British English or even Canadian English, there's very distinct cultural differences between those three places. So if you're just learning English, you're not going to really kind of understand the whole backstory. Mm-hmm. So. I'm with you. And I could not come up with a French term to describe this beer. All that time you gave me to think of something, <laughs> and I've got nothing. Although I'm not sitting in front of a computer, so I could have cheated, but. So the characteristics of Triomphe. Made with a classic Belgian-style yeast strain that gives the complexity and slight sweetness you may expect from a Belgian-style ale. The beer then reaches a deeper still, providing a smackdown of American-grown hops to turn the style on its head. It's a light caramel color and is strongly bitter with a fruity citrus aroma. Hmm. It's great with spicy dishes like Thai, Mexican, Vietnamese, curries, crab cakes, pizzas, and burgers. Cheese picks. Sharp cheddar. Blue cheeses. I should have brought some cheddar. That's what I mean. This would be good with like cheese. This would be. I think. I'm trying to get citrus aroma, and I'm getting like opposite of what they say. They're like, oh, hoppy flavor and citrus aroma, and I'm getting hoppy aroma and something. Some other other flavor. flavor. Mm-hmm. I definitely get that that Belgian style yeasty sweetness that's happening with it. That's kind of a again, I think it goes back to we were talking about this during the break of those familiar flavors that you can really kind of latch onto when you're tasting something as complex as a beer or a wine where your mind kind of has to pick apart and try to figure out okay, what is that particular flavor? I'm not really sure what that is. I really want to know what that is, but I don't. So then you're kind of like, well, it is what it is, or... Exactly. You're trying to get more experience with that particular style of beverage. Yes. I am not able to classify this. So this is, yeah, exactly what we were talking about. Yeah. But with the hoppiness, though, this one compared to the first one, first one definitely more hoppy for you. The flavor, yes. Where this one was less so. Yes. But still very, very better or worse than the first one. Well, just knowing that I'm not a huge hops fan, I mean, I guess I would have to say this one is better. But again, I liked the first one. I didn't dislike it. But this one, the flavor, there's... I'm not getting any hops, so I'd be, you know, more likely to drink this. So is the preconceived again. notion that it's supposed to be hoppy? Is that, do you think that's altering? Maybe. Because this one's supposed to be, I would have assumed this one is even more. It's, Supposedly. Uh, as in I, style, as yeah, an IPA style. An IPA. Supposedly having more hops in it right. than the first one. Ooh, and my little tidbit that I told you earlier. So IPA is India Pale Ale. Mm-hmm. And the reason, or the reason that IPAs or are more hoppy and usually more alcoholic is because they had to be preserved for that long journey from England to India. And those two factors help preserve it for a longer time. Being on a ship for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Need to add some Back extra. Back in the day, yeah, when India was being colonized and right. whatnot. Spice trade and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I think this one is 
a nice sort of it's an interesting combination a belgian style plus india pale ale because you i i guess they have to call it india pale ale based on the amount of hops that they add to it i'm not really sure how they define that and the 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 kind of preconceived notion that people get when they see ipa on a menu or they see IPA, ipa on a can or a bottle or whatever it's it's sort of like this oh dear i don't really want to get this yeah. or yes i want to get this right it would be a turn off for me i'd be like Mm-mm, nope i mean some people are like i love ipas consistently they're just like i i only drink i, I really love ipas you know maybe they've only drinking american style lagas for a really long time and they're finally getting into some different styles of beer so they immediately gravitate to an ipa because it is so intensely flavored most of the time you have this huge hit of hops for a lot of these IPAs that are extremely bitter. So it's very, very different. But this is different, but in a very much more subtle way, which I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. I really like this one. Yeah. I think if I would have to rank them, I'd rank this one first, Undertaker second, Big Big Red Cock third. Oh, I get to say it. Okay, so my ranking, I like this one first. Okay. I like big red, oh God, I can't see <laughs> big red cock second, <laughs> and then Undertaker third for me. Okay, yeah. So that was a brewery vivant. Lori, thanks for coming on the show God, this week. This was so much fun. Isn't that fun? Thank you for having me. Yeah, you'll come. We'll, we'll have you. We'll have you back. Maybe with third guest. Yes. Maybe we'll do a wine show. Who knows? A little group wine show. There that would go. be awesome. Excellent. Um, feel free to give us. Any kind of suggestions or feedback at facebook.com slash no expert show as well as twitter.com slash no expert show. And you can always go to the website, no expert show.com and uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes. I really do appreciate all of your feedback and all of your uh, listeners every single week here on the show. And Lori, you're a fan of NPR like I am. Yes. Um, do you ever know when they do the kind of twice a year? Uh, yeah, it's kind of annoying. Yeah. It's kind of annoying when they do that thing. But just like NPR, we're member supported here at I'm No Expert. I donate to NPR. To NPR. <laughs> <laughs> not, not to the show. Well, uh, I will. I've never heard of this thing, so I have to go so, check it out. So uh, patreon.com slash show is going to be the place if you want to help support the show. So Patreon is really cool. Essentially, every single time I put out an episode, you can decide how much you want to donate. If you want to do a penny, if you want to do a quarter, if you want to do $5, a dollar, whatever. Um, that will help support the show on an exponential rate because – beer can get expensive and hosting can get expensive and i really love doing the show and i want your guys' support and your guys' feedback and that's the best way to do it i don't want to run ads on the show and i hope this doesn't sound like an ad just as a you guys will dictate what happens on the show if you're a patreon supporter you decide how much you want to give how much this content is worth every single week that a new show comes out and there's lots of new interesting shows coming in in january so a little 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 teaser there happening i'm very excited for this month um laurie again thanks so much for coming on the show 
I mean, I can't say, God, this was so much fun. I love this. Thank you so much. Uh, and people give him some money. We love him, <laughs> and he's awesome. And you want to hear more of this, you know you do. Exactly. Um, Lori, good night. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. Good night to you. Make a difference if you change the pace. You want to live with me.